To the roots, the, the devil watching, yeah, he always on pursuit. On but pursuit. Jesus is our rock, so we shall not be moved. We, can't be moved. we on a winning team, so we can't lose. We, can't lose. we say facts, cause we hitting y'all with proof. Started from the bottom, now we standing on the roof. Yeah. As God as our witness, we gon' make it to the moon. When you want the truth, the world be hiding it. This the real word, we providing it. We got Ace, BK, Truth, Rick Star. And we plan to make a movie like it's Pixar. From the plantation yeah. We just trying to save your souls from damnation So if you down with the message Tune in every week so yeah. It will lead you to the message that you seek uh. yeah. It's the real world It's the real Shout out to everybody that's been watching, shout out to everybody that's been supporting, shout out to everybody that's helped us so far, thus far. My name is Ricard Gina Well, I'm your host, I'm here with my co-host, introduce yourself. You already know it's the morning and only, AI in the building, add me on Instagram, Ace Urban, uh, 11, if it ain't no 11, it ain't me, and you know, you got me some tea, so thank you for the tea. No problem, bro, no problem. It's nice and sweet too. <laughs> and we got an OG back in the building, introduce yourself. How's it going, everyone? It's Kamel Hall. Uh, y'all should, y'all should be watching all the episodes, so y'all should know me by now. But you know, it's Brooklyn's favorite. We out here. All right, all right. You got an upcoming track coming? Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> and we got a very, very special guest coming all the way from Wyoming, is it, or Washington? Washington State. Washington State. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm David Edwards uh, in Washington State. And just outside of Spokane, Washington. Yeah, come visit us sometime. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that has helped us get this far so far. Shout out to the Swepps Media Group and shout out to Vicky Swepps, of course. Um, shout, shout out to her and um, Geraldo Rivera, who was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Awards Friday. Um, also, shout out to Bill O'Reilly. He showed us a lot of love the other day as well out in Long Island. So, shout out to all you guys and shout out to all the people that we met that night. And shout out to all of you that has been supporting the Real World Ministries and the Real World TV. We're in the eighth season, so you know we don't get to eight seasons that easy. So, shout out to everybody that's been helping. But we have a very special guest, and I want him to introduce himself and to tell the people about himself. So, do you got the Facebook set up? Can you see us on Facebook now? I can. It's a little frozen, but I can see it there. I can see I'm on the laptop. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> no, you got to see yourself on the computer. You see yourself on the computer in the background? On a big computer? I mean, on the big TV? Uh, no, it's a, it's got a picture. Let me see here. That's you. With That's the blue you. Shirt. <laughs> you got to refresh it so the new video pop up. Refresh the page. But tell the okay, people a little bit about yourself. So, well, I, um, I hate talking about myself, that's <laughs> the first thing. <laughs> um, I, um, well, that's a fun fact. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to start. I, I have a very normal upbringing. You know, I, mom and dad, and mom was a stay-at-home mom, 
and uh, my dad was in construction, and so you know he worked on houses and buildings and did construction stuff. And uh, we lived all over the place. Uh, I don't know how detailed you want to get into this, Ricard, but I lived a pretty normal life. My folks got divorced, and um, my mom remarried. Uh, my stepdad was an alcoholic. Bless oh. his heart. Um, it was pretty hard for a little while. Um, and missionaries knocked on the door from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, they had come before, and my mom had always said no, but she was in a hard way, and my stepdad was in a hard way, so they said yes, and they listened. Mm -hmm. And over a process of time, they developed the testimony of Jesus Christ. Um, they knew they were children of God and that there was more to life. And um, it really completely changed both of their lives. And over the next several months, I think it took them about six months, but my stepdad stopped drinking. Bless. And um, he, in fact, probably spent much of the next 10 years or 15 years doing AA meetings at our house mm -hmm. and helping other men and women who felt like, I know this is uh, a problem for me and I can't get over it. And then, you know, having that opportunity to talk with people who were in the same boat and actually got over it and were living productive, happy lives, um, it was a big deal. And frankly, I noticed it. I went when they joined the church. I said to them, I was like 14 probably, right? So you think about when you're 14, you're not going like, oh, gee, Mom and Dad, I love you. Let me go to church too. True <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. So, I could so, definitely agree with you. I said, you guys can do this all you want, but don't talk to me about church and don't expect me to come to church because it's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, of course, a year later, I joined the church. <laughs> <laughs> Because even at 14, you know, going on 15, um, or as a 15-year-old, um, I could not deny the change in their lives. You know, this positive, this is a wonderful thing that happened to them. And it changed them spiritually. It changed them physically. There was a physical difference um, in them um, as a result of this conversion process. And so, which of course, you know, goes on for the rest of your life. But uh, True. I, um, uh, so I, I was the first in my family to go to college, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I uh, got a business degree and started, started working. <laughs> I, uh, I was very fortunate to get, go to work in healthcare at a community health center in Seattle, Washington, and we served a lot of lower income folks, and we had an emphasis in serving migrant and seasonal farm workers as well. Mm. And uh, I was able to grow with that organization. Um, and I, I left after six years, because it's pretty much you know the only work I'd ever really done, professional work. Um, and I don't know how much I want to go into this. But anyways, it was a great experience. I went to work for the cable company. Mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, it was so different, but I had no idea what the difference it would make because, you know, I was so involved with the mission and the people that we served, and it, be, it was really important to me. I didn't even recognize it. Mm -hmm. So not until I had left 
that I have this kind of like, wow, that really makes a difference. So what the organization is all about, what their mission is, um, what they're trying to do, is, to me, was really important. But tell and, us more um, about yourself. Like, tell us more about you. Like, what are you currently mm -hmm. doing? Because I'm sure, like, you and your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I've, I worked in healthcare basically for 35 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been married for 36 years. I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> how that ties out, but uh, I, I, yeah. I need some pointers on that, man. I, yeah. I'm nine months in, and it's, it's patience. <laughs> how do I get to 36? <laughs> well, you're, you're still in the honeymoon phase, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah, we got 36 it. years, you're way beyond the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When, when my wife and I met, mm -hmm. um, we knew, we both knew kind of what we wanted, right? For us, marriage was a really important part of life. Mm -hmm. And and again, kind of because my faith pervades everything I do, it pervades my work, it pervades my family relationships, everything I do. Um, and so we knew that God created men and women mm -hmm. and that they were put together for a reason, right? To mm -hmm. raise a family mm -hmm. and to try to teach children as best as they could. And, you know, we do our best and we make lots of mistakes. It's a cross from the white cord. <laughs> and, and so I think, you know, recognizing that you and your wife, yeah, yeah. how old you are, but you guys are younger people than I myself, for example. And so, you know, but you're real people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not some supermodel up on a magazine or on a screen or on Facebook or on, you know, whatever. I do feel yeah, that's a problem now, you know, with um, social media. Yeah. I feel like if, I feel honestly... Times I'm if I'm not posting, I feel like I'm not bragging about my life or something. Like I gotta keep up with the Joneses or something. And I'm like I gotta start posting and letting people see. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard with social media now. It's Some true. Kind of the nature of keeping up with the Joneses has changed, hasn't it? Yeah. Because we don't really have to keep up with what they really are. We only have to keep up with the image of what they are. Yes. Yeah, and they exactly. make it seem like it's all all roses, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's all rose petals. <laughs> it's a glamorous image right. that they're Well, and so I think that's one thing that's important to remember is that, you know, that's not real life, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I'll cut to the chase here real quick. I got fired... And I had to have this epiphany, though, and I'm going to get back to this. I'm going to talk about this. I think it's important, um, probably more important. But I, I, I was working at a health center where um, we were building a brand new building. I felt very fortunate. We've done some really good things. You know, we had really eliminated any inequity in health outcomes between our majority and minority populations. That's there was no difference. If you're a diabetic and you're black man or Hispanic or white, it didn't make any difference. Your health outcomes were exactly the same. That's good. I was very proud of that. I think yeah. it's very unusual still. Mm -hmm. But but we were building a new building. We had wonderful care model built around you as a patient being the captain of the team, right? So you might have a physician, you might have a therapist, you might have a dentist or a hygienist, community health worker, a coach, you know, whatever. We had lots of different roles. But you had to be the captain because if you aren't the captain, when you leave the clinic, you know, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You have to be in charge of your care plan, 
and how you're carrying out during your full, regular, whole person life. And so I had this epiphany that if we can't help the person, the patient, um, be the captain to play that role, to have that skill set, then we would be much less effective than we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so I started to dive into, well, what would that take? You know, what are those skills? And we hadn't really identified them. What do you mean by I captain? Like take care of themselves? Or? Yeah. In other words, you come into the clinic, you know, once, I mean, if you're younger, you might come once a year, right? If you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you go, you go, hopefully you go into the dentist once a year anyways. To yeah, get just teeth check clean, up. You know, yeah. check up or whatever. And But I mean, you don't go there very often. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you are managing diabetes, right? That's really common these days. Or maybe you have depression, right, and anxiety. Those are really common these days. Mm-hmm. So you get some help. But if you get some help, even if it was an hour every other week, that means for the rest of those two weeks, you got to manage that on your own. Ah, so you t- And that's a skill set, right? That requires some skills, some tools. Okay. And so I was looking at what those school tools were. And I was studying change models. And so in like psychology, they have all these different change models. And they try to describe as human beings what are the factors at play when we're trying to change. And there's two kinds. There's internal change, right? So this is how I am in charge of how I am changing as a person, who I am becoming. So that's the most important kind of change. But then also changes, how do we keep up with all the stuff in life, like Facebook and Zoom? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was your guys' age, you know, the big thing was how to use the VCR. Good times, And so, you know, today nobody uses a VCR, I mean, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, because so you got to keep up with you know the DVD player now you got to keep up how you stream that's mm-hmm. how most of us watch our shows True. so the, you know you got to keep up with technology that's important to be relevant it's important to remain frankly the captain of your life you know to your regular average daily life mm-hmm. how do you remain capable of you know dealing with all that stuff that's going on you know that's, that's anyway staying hit and, and you know. so <laughs> staying <Yeah. hit. laughs> And so, as, as I looked at that, at all these change models, they all had one thing in common, which was surprising to me. This was like a, another wow moment. It was like, in order to change, we always, in every model, have to have what they call intrinsic or personal motivation. Yeah, of course. Right? And so that's the stuff that's from inside of you. It's not an outside arousing speech or, you know, rah, 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 or money or, you know, like incentives. It's about what's inside of you and what's important to you. And so what I've been doing the last couple of years is really researching and writing about, you know, what those tools are. And what I've discovered is there are 10 core principles. They have the wonderful advantage of being eternal, if you will, they're enduring principles. Mm. So, for example, the first one is values, right? To have an explicit understanding of our own personal core values. Mm. And if we don't, we suffer from languishing, apathy, lack of focus, fuzzy thinking, So let's stop right there, right? So so you said 
personal values. Let's focus on that and let's go around in a circle. What are some of your personal values and then we'll go around to the rest of the group. That's great. So having to have some integrity to the process and to the book I wrote, my personal values are Bitcoin without the oin. So B-I-T-C, I just I I, I limited it down to four things. Bitcoin so not in not in this order particularly, but because it was easy for me to remember. Okay. So B is belief or faith. Mm. Right? You've got to have faith. You've got to believe. That becomes a framework on which we can build a strong, productive, happy, resilient life. Um, I is integrity. So you've got to have integrity. That means if you have belief, right, mm -hmm. then you've got to try to live that belief with integrity. So that's what integrity is about. It's about kind of following through on what you said you believe, what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And E is transparency. Mm -hmm. So transparency to me is a lack of hidden agendas. It's not, you know, saying one thing to one person, you know, I'm talking about Ricard, when I'm talking to one person, I'm saying the same thing as I'm talking to Ricard to his face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's none of this, you know, double dealing, backsided kind of stuff. I don't have room for that in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. No shadiness. <laughs> and the last one is compassion. Mm. Um, and compassion you could call charity. Mm. Um, but this idea that, you know, if we're not seeing each other, as whole people, as real people, and seeing you, when we've all got flaws, you know, we've got good strengths and weaknesses, so I'm not judging you from what I see or what I hear or this one experience, right? I'm trying to look at you compassionately as a whole person, just like I hope people look at me as a whole person. Mm. So belief... So those are my, my core values. So belief, integrity, transparency, and compassion. compassion. Yeah. So what about you, Kamel? Let's go to Kamel. Well, I'm adding belief to my system now. Um, I would think um, in my marriage now, we we bumped heads. And I felt that only when we like prayed together where it felt like we calmed things down. Um, Prayer is always going to work. And it's something I feel that I should be more, you know, focused on it pushing more so when you said belief it really hit me because when you're talking about the 36 years and you said how your religion was what carried job that was that's that's i'm adding that too but one of my core values would be um treat others how you would want to treat yourself you know in terms of equalness that's a core value for me because i feel like no nobody is bigger than the other person you know Especially, I grew up small, so in my head, I was always trying to prove I was equal to them. And it was, I built the core value that it doesn't matter about size, you know. It doesn't matter about image. It doesn't matter about even language. You know, people talking to each other. I would say equalness is the biggest one for me. That's one. It's two. I need, I need to have more than one? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> he just gave yeah. five. <laughs> no, he gave four. <laughs> he gave four, so at least give three. I gave you, I, I'm joining belief, equalness, and... Equality. Yeah. I, I, I ain't got nothing. Equalness is the big one for me. That's what comes to my head. I don't want to take up too much time, you know? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the first one for me is belief. The reason why I pick belief is 
So yeah. everybody got belief. Because yeah. <laughs> belief falls back. I was saying I didn't have it before. Ooh, when he said belief, it all falls back into a mindset. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, belief all goes into the mind. So I said belief because, because of the mindset. So I personally think, like, if we don't have the same mindset, then, you know, we might not be able to... Yo, we're not going to agree on other things. So belief is one for me. And belief slash mindset, because if your belief slash mindset not the same, then I know not to waste my time, because I already know what could happen in between the journey of me wasting my time. <sighs> number two, um, I would say, like, number two, I would say, like, the same thing he said. What was the last one he said about being generous? Like, giving charity? That? Yeah, charity. Compassion. Uh, yeah, compassion. Number two, I would say compassion, mm-hmm. because... You know, as time grew on, I think that grew up on me, you know, to be more generous to other people. Me, me sound like you're tearing up over here. He's like, nah, I'm not tearing up. I'm being honest, though. Like, you know, generosity. You know, like, you know, I was, when I was younger, I wouldn't say, you know, I was the most. So I was like, yeah, the nerve again. <laughs> I was younger, I wouldn't say I was the most, you know, nice. Individual, but you know, as time grew on more, I mean, you know, I became more of a caring person. I could say it all started with my little sister being born. Oh, so respect. Shout, shout out to my little sister because she really started a lot of movements. Because you know, I think for me, for sure, like once once you start raising a kid, that like that opens that like opens your mind to a whole different area that I think we all need mm-hmm. at our point of life because. It teaches you know how to bring out that inner kid in us again, like he that, said, that free he, spirit. Yeah, man. like Rick mm-hmm. said, and he for sure you have plenty of books in the back, so you for sure know about that as well. <laughs> so I would say that would be number two, and then number three. Number three, I I don't like when people sugarcoat stuff. This is a third one for me is just, just get straight to the point. Just mm-hmm. Get straight to the point. Like, I'm a person where, like, I I say get straight to the point as in, like, it doesn't matter in anything. If you tell me things how it is, I would respect you more than if I find out that that was all nonsense. Like, let's say if you are a certain individual, you could be that individual. I respect you if you just tell me, yo, this is who I am. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, because... You being honest with me, I can't. Why am I getting mad at you? Cause you was being honest with me. I can never be mad at that. I'm. A, I can only get mad cause you wasn't being honest with me. So, those are the three I would say. I just keep it short, cause I think those three principles goes a long way for everything else. I would say so. I just keep it short with those three. Hmm. Is that OG hmm? talking? <laughs> oh gee, nah, that's Ace, Ace. No, I'm Ace. Ace? Yeah, his name's Ace. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the third one, Ace? Who me? The third one, I said, um, honesty. Honesty. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I was. How about Ricard? You you asked us, so Ricard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, of course. I would say, um. Can't read off this list either. No, <laughs> <laughs> you could. Be. Even though I came up with this, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say my first one would be um, faith because I feel like my faith has carried me 
through a lot and has helped me through a lot of situations and has helped me to overcome. Um, pause, I live on my knees, meaning that I am a praying man. I pray a lot, you know, and I teach people how to pray as well. And anyone that ever been in the midst while I prayed or preach, like, they felt it, you know. Um, I would say my second one would be family, because I feel like family does play a huge part in your life. That's your foundation. That's that's part of your business. That's part of your legacy. That's part of everything that you was, everything that you are, and everything that you will be, and everything that will outlive you. So, like, I instilled those principles even now in my family and my children, you know, even in my little daughter. Like, she's only three years old, but she understands. Like, I remember the other day we had parent-teacher conference, and and the teacher was like, yeah, yeah, daughter's like a ringleader. All the little kids follow her. Like, she's very smart. Sometimes she's a smart addict. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. Like, she started, she started displaying sarcasm at the age of three, which is a sign of intelligence, mm -hmm. you know, to do the double entendre with the words and with the speech. Um, and I would say um, when I was in grad school, one thing that, that we studied a lot was overcoming adversity. And I feel like you're... Your ability to have tenacity during difficult situations or in the face of adversity helps to shape help to shape you. Because you and a person could go through the same situation, let's just say like you were in the hospital or you going through a divorce or a separation or you going through a difficult time and some people might be like, Alright, I'm done with this, I give up and other people be like, Nah, Mental this is just a, this is just a small part of my life, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna get over this and I'm gonna I'm gonna get better after this, you know. And not, and not all people are like that. And I would say my last, my last part, and you know, is very controversial, but it is what it is, is my arrogance, I would say, because Pride. my arrogance has helped me to get, and get me through a lot of things, because some people might be like, you can't do that, and I'm like, yes, I can, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> and my ability to do it, like to walk in a room and like, nah, I'm the most important person in the room. Everybody sit down. <laughs> like the other day, we was in the room and, you know, it was a lot of money in that room. Like they raised over a million dollars in one night. And that was like pocket change to do. Yeah, and I walked in the room and then Bill O'Reilly and um, Geraldo Rivera was talking about my shoes. And I'm like, yeah, you like my shoes, right? <laughs> and then we walk up to them. <laughs> and then we start a conversation. Usually somebody might shy away like oh my god i can't talk to these guys these guys are worth you know millions of dollars and i'm like nah like they're regular people like uh, like me and you and if they're talking about me first i might as well join the conversation yeah so Sounds those are <laughs> yeah those are things that has helped me to get to where i need to be and where i want to be you know obviously i'm black you can see that <laughs> and yeah and now um yeah and given our social status has has risen, you know, and now we're in these rooms where it's like only a handful of us, like literally five to ten of us in the entire room yeah. of hundreds. I think of it was people. only like I I could remember exactly how many black people. I, I would say there. less than ten. Nah, it was probably less. Than Counting y'all who made the four. Yeah. But, but besides us, that besides made us, it was, yeah. besides the three of us, I only see like three black. people. Only three. Uh, I only nah, see. Nah, I don't see more than that. It was you probably see more, but me, I was. It was the two girls. Then it was the guy with the girl. Oh, it was yeah. the guy with the leather jacket. I don't count those two girls. And it was the fat man. I have my reasons why I don't count them. And it was the fat man. I can't. And it was. I'm not gonna say none of that. 
And everybody else was serving food. Everybody else was serving food. Yeah. <laughs> Majority of the people that was our complexion was really serving food when you really looked at them. Because <laughs> some of them, I said, hey. And they had the like Spanish people like, doing valet. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish people doing valet. Yeah, yeah, Spanish doing valet. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. And the Russian people was what serving drinks. Yeah, <laughs> that Russian guy, man, he was a funny guy. You know, I, I like him. He's cool. He was like, "You guys from Brooklyn, huh?" <laughs> he was like, like, "You yeah, from Russia, sure, huh?" Right. <laughs> like, ah, you got me. Yes, we did. He's like, "I know what you guys want. Some dark liquor." <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, um, so you're coming all the way from Washington, and we want to know what brings you to our platform. Because you said you had the background in health, and then you said that the background in health, you was fired from that job, and then almost like you had to start over. So, what are you doing now, and what would you like to introduce to our audience? I'm sure it's the book. Okay, so, um, I, I, um, like I said, I, I, I just finished writing a book, so I just published it in January. What's it called? It's called, it's called New You, Who Knew? Oh wow! Who knew there was a new me? <laughs> because we're, be we're all on a journey, mm. and to me, we're all going to become something, right? We're all going to become somebody. Mm. But to me, the key is who's in charge of who we are becoming. Mm. Are we in charge, or have we ceded control of that to social media, friends, advertisements? <laughs> I, I'm kind of weird in this guy. I just took a picture. I got something in the mail today from American Express. Mm. So, you know, I had a picture of two people in Tahiti on kayaks, you know, just offside of their, you know, oceanside room and all this. And they're saying, hey, you know, if this is this is what you should want. You know, this is what you should um, um, be saving for or spending on or whatever, right? Oh, so I offer and you a new car. Exactly. <laughs> and so... They, we get like 3,000 of these messages every day between billboards and stuff on our phones and computers Commercial and YouTube ads, ads and yeah. <laughs> everything else, right? Mm. I mean, but it's it's just overwhelming. So do we allow that to be the major influence in our lives? Or are we not just the captain of our care team, but are we actually the captains of our own lives? Mm. And that's really what the book is about. It, it's these 10 principles. I didn't create them. They've been around forever. They are simply how human beings operate. What Just like gravity operates, right? If you want to fly a plane, you better know about gravity and lift, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, in life, as human beings, these are how we operate. And it's not everything, obviously, but these are the foundations. And what I liken it to a, a fruit tree. Go ahead, please. Well, what are the ten foundations? What are the ten? What's that? You you said that you have ten. You have you have ten points, ten, ten foundations points. in your book. What are they? Yeah, there are ten principles, and so I'll, I should be able to do this off the top of my head, but I'm going to read them because that way I don't mess it up. <laughs> okay. So the first one is what we already talked about, which is values. Values is the very beginning of your roots, using a more natural metaphor. The second one is awareness. So that includes self-awareness and awareness that we get through feedback from others around us and being, from the environment. Being woke, they call it. <laughs> That's no, being woke, like to be woke. 
people that are not woke are sleeping. Like that. It's like in the Matrix, red pill, blue pill. Yeah. Exactly. 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 It is. It's being awake. It's being aware. It's not being blind. How many of us would rather be blind? Right. We may be. They are blind people, they but they probably people. wouldn't choose <laughs> if they could. Mm-hmm. Not we get to choose, though. Mm-hmm. So the third one is learning. Life is all about learning, and really, learning is the single differentiator between progress or success in our journey and failure. Like That's Socrates, really right? Exactly. The only, the only thing I know is I know nothing. There you go. <laughs> so that sense of curiosity, right? That includes like humility. Hmm. It's very, it's all in part of that. Exactly. Intense is the fourth. So what is my intention, right? Am I allowing my intentions to be driven by others, or do I have intent that's built on my values, my awareness, and what I've learned to this point? And then once you have a good sense of intent, which <laughs> could include like vision. Then you plan, you see then you carry out plans, like you do stuff, and then you believe. And I put believe there, it could have been right after values, but I, I think belief, I put it as the um, seventh principle because I just think it fit better in the book, frankly, in the sense of we all believe something, yeah. right? A lot of people who do like self-help stuff, they talk about limiting beliefs. Mm. But this is idea of belief as a framework. And it's like a tent, right? If you got a tent or a house, you got to have a framework. It's an infrastructure. And belief provides that for us. And it helps us resile. That's the verb form of being resilient. Mm-hmm. It helps us persevere. You were talking about um, tenacity, right? That sense of tenacity. Mm-hmm. Um, these things all contribute to that sense of tenacity, your ability to resile through challenges and, and struggles. The last three are based on principles of self-compassion. So they are self-kindness, a sense of our common humanity that we're not alone in the world. Hmm. Uh, When I got fired, you know, it felt very personal, right? I got fired, not my neighbor or somebody else. It was very personal. Did you slap somebody? What's that? Did you slap somebody? Go Will Smith? I did not. I didn't slap anybody because that you did that Will Smith before compassion. <laughs> so, but what I did do was I said, you know, obviously nobody else got fired today, right? So I looked it up. In the United States alone, every single day, every single day, fifty thousand people are fired or laid off. So how much people hired per day? Wow. How much people hired per day? 50,000. No, no. That means... How much people are hired? 50,000 more people will get fired. And the day after. Wow. So how much people are hired per day? I don't know that number. That's a good question. I didn't look it up. You sure? I was more concerned about getting fired and not feeling like I was the only one. one. Ah, the fear of being left out. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody and has. so this idea that we have a common humanity and that no matter how unique we feel, and we are all unique, right? But no matter how unique we feel, it's very likely there's somewhere else, you know, a 60-year-old white guy got fired. Wow. And I'm not alone in this. There's no, people that I could talk to about it. And it doesn't matter if you're a 25-year-old black man or if you're Hispanic or whatever else. Right? If you're a woman, if you're, you know, somebody else has gone through this. 
And there's people that we can reach out to in this common humanity. We can support each other. And then the last thing is I call the chapter mindless because when I, t I, I, I watched a, a clip, it was Dr. Phil. Do you guys know who Dr. Phil is? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. He My got put on by Oprah Winfrey. We know him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Know who Dr. Phil is. So, so Dr. Phil, he was doing this interview and he says, yeah, I was talking to somebody and I, I mentioned mindfulness and they looked at me and it's like, woo, 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 that's crazy talk. Mm. <laughs> And it's like, he said, we, we just have a lot of bias against it. Now, some people love mindfulness, right? But there's a good portion of the population. They don't want to get into it. They don't want to talk about mindfulness. They think in meditating and yoga and, you know, lighting candles and, you know, listening to mood music or something. <laughs> but mindfulness is simply the opposite of mindlessness. Mm. So I, I went at the chapter from the perspective of, do we want to be mindless? Hmm. And if we don't, right, we all have a brain. So it's not like you don't have a brain. Do we? <laughs> so if it's not the lack of a brain, what does it mean to be mindless? And is that really what we want? Hmm. And if it's not, then maybe that opens the door a little bit that we can actually talk about, well, what does it mean to be mindful? Yoga pants are optional. Okay. I don't own any. But I do try to be mindful every single day. I hope you don't own any yoga pants. You're a grown man. could <laughs> <laughs> be keeping them young. <laughs> like, try to bring that young <laughs> So how do you guys feel about mindfulness? Because one thing that we've discussed in last season was being a mastermind, one who is the master of his own mind and the master of his own reality and one that bends reality to his will. Some people call that manifesting. Yeah. Um, Americans used to call it manifest destiny, which they would say is their God-given right to own or to conquer or to take over certain things. So how do you guys feel about um, mindfulness or manifesting? Well, what I personally feel about manifesting, and I always say this with everything, I don't care how much you talk, man. If, them, if I don't see some actions, I don't want to hear it. But we manifest a lot of things. Yeah, I'm learning. It. We wasn't just talking though. <laughs> That's the difference. Like you put in work. Mm. So like, I totally agree with manifesting as long as you put in work. But if you're one of those individuals that just like you just go on your knees, pray. I don't know who you pray to. Mm. That's your personal belief, not mine. But it don't matter who you pray to. But whoever those are, a lot of people they just feel like, yo, I'm just gonna ask for this, and then you know. Yes, I'm a good person. I got a whole lot. Yes, yes, God's gonna bless me. Mm. Like those people, I just think those people. Like I personally think those people, they don't have control of their mind. Somebody else does. Cause I always say, there's a lot of things out here. Just cause you could pick up a spoon, eat your own food, and all that, don't mean you control your life. Mm. Cause you know there's all type of different tactics out here that you know corporations put out just to manipulate and control you at their own will, which I personally call premeditated murder. A lot of people do it, but hey, it is what it is. That's the society we live in. But I personally feel like if you're not put, if you're not, if you're not, you know, if you manifest, go put in some work as well. Because if you, if you want a million dollars, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and a million dollars is sitting up in your bank account. No, it's not. So is your mind full or your mind empty? Nah, my mind's full. Full I of what? Full, 
Full of what? Women. Nah, I'm not right now. I'm not right now. You know, my mind's focused. Like, yeah, you know, I have a little fun, but my mind focused. My mind focused on on a whole bigger picture. Like, I mean, some people think right now that, like, you know, I'm I'm there or whatever. Be like, nah, I think I got way more to go. Like, then, to me, this is like. If I had to rate it from one to ten, I just rate it like level one. Really, it's just a stepping stool. The same nothing. It's yeah. just the work you got to put in to get where you at, where you need to be at. Yeah, because you're in your twenties, you still got a long way to go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm only twenty-four too, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said by I'll be humble and I'll say um. I was, I would say mindless. I didn't grow up with a father at home, so it was only after a certain age I couldn't follow my mom's, you know, footsteps, that, so to say, you know? Well, you put it as a woman's footsteps. Yeah, exactly. So, now, I don't blame you. As a man, it's different. Yeah, so, so I, told you, I started, I would say, you know, I was watching, it was just TV, Uncle Phil's, Bill Cosby, that I was, you know, imitated but there's only so much you can imitate it's a tv show you know and i'll say honestly ricardo's like a big brother to me which is funny because um his younger brother who is i went to school with and you know i used to go over the house to hang out with his younger brother aj and just seeing ricardo you know hearing what he was the stories he was telling us you know i sort of was like okay i see what i gotta do I see what I gotta, you know, I don't want to do all of that, but I might do some of that, you know, it's kind of like that, but, um, recently, uh, getting married and, you know, my father came and we was talking about, you know, he grew up without a father and, uh, you know, he was always telling me about his shame and so on, and we was talking, he was like, hey, you gotta find out who you want to be, you gotta, you know, just sit down and think of your principles, sort of like how you're speaking of foundation. So I'm thinking to myself, I was mindless in the, uh, and I kind of separated from the show. I separated, you could tell you, I went ghost, you know, and I'm just kind of trying to build my foundation now. I have a daughter on the way, so I definitely need a solid foundation. Oh, man, we all got daughters. <laughs> I'm following him too much. <laughs> I wonder why they all end up giving us daughters. <laughs> Man, we must have been doing them dirty out here in these streets. I don't mind having a daughter of God, but yeah, I just let me have a son first. I, 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 I just want the son first. That's all I'm asking. You know, I want to also say perception matters. So, you know, once I realized I was having a daughter, I was like, I must love women so much, God said I have to take care of them. <laughs> That's punishment. <laughs> well, I would say that. It's interesting as you talk about. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, real quick, like, when it comes to me, I feel like I have too much racing thoughts, and there's so much thoughts in my mind that it overlaps, and sometimes I, I, I lose track of my thoughts mm. at times because, you know, heavy is the head that, that wears the crown, and I didn't really understand that until I was put in a position where I'm in leadership positions you know, in every part of my life, like, you know, at home, at church, at work, with the companies, with the show, obviously, and... I'm not gonna say I wasn't expecting to excel, but I, but I, I far exceeded my expectations. I can say, and that's because I never put a limit upon myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I went back to school at 32. No, no, I'm, I'm capping. At, at 31 years old, I went back to grad school, and it was a huge investment. It caused me 
over $75,000 for that master's degree. <laughs> and, you know, it paid off. I made the money back the first year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as long as it pays off, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, so, how it pays off. The- yeah, of course. And, you know, just seeing how much my life has changed since then, like even coming into contact with the right people, um, I continue to self-improve, you know, like, just like you have a bookshelf right there, I have a few bookshelves at my home, um, private libraries, audio books, podcasts, YouTube videos, speaking to people like yourself and other people of older age and people of knowledge and wisdom, imputing knowledge into me as well, you know, being being a learner. Um, I had a, I have a, I have someone that I'm mentoring right now at work and he he said something profound to me. He said, I'm a part-time teacher, but a full-time student. And I was like, that's everybody. And that's yeah. how I feel. Like, you know, even at 30-something, I'm still a student. You know, even after getting a master's degree, I'm still a student. I'm waiting to go back to school to do my PhD, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Only because, you know, the day that you stop learning is the day that, that you die. Because you can learn everything from anybody. Like, and my kid asks me questions every day. And I don't want to tell her I don't know. You know, so... That's that's where I draw my motivation from, and he who knows many knows a lot, but he who doesn't share it knows nothing. Because once you die, if you don't share it, it dies with you, so it means nothing. So that's that's one of the reasons why this platform is very important to me because it it, it leaves a documentary of my life and the lives of those that come on this platform, and it will outlive me, God willing. You know, unless somebody hates and. Reports doesn't take it down, but you know. <laughs> you know. You know what they say? The haters only get bigger the more the more good you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I wanna thank you for joining us on the platform, you know, and those ten points that you share with us is very important, especially coming from a man that's almost twice our age. Yeah. So you have the thirty five year marriage, right? Thirty five year marriage? That's my goal. Thirty six years. Thirty six, wow. That's a goal I have. So thirty six year marriage. Um and you said you was fired at sixty years old. So only five years from retirement. So of course you're gonna take it personally. <laughs> um, I understand your point. <laughs> yeah, but since then one of, those, one of those things I I I I think so one of the things I talk about in the book and I think it's important for all of us in our lives, right? Is mm-hmm is we have these experiences that are difficult, and sometimes we are tempted to ruminate on them. Mm-hmm. So I use this kind of a spinning symbol, right? It's ruminating. Well, ruminating is not healthy. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for me, what I had to do is say, if I did, what did I learn from this, mm-hmm. right? That's really the key. Like I said, it's the only difference between success and failure is that you've learned something. Mm-hmm. And so what did I learn from it, right? And I, I made some mistakes, and so I can learn from that. Mm-hmm. I maybe was treated less fairly than I had hoped to be, but okay, that's out of my control. I can't control it. Mm-hmm. So rather than ruminate on it and say, well, I was 60 and I got fired, and that sucks, what I've tried to do is learn from it and say, what can I build on? Mm-hmm. Because what can I build? You know, I have something that I learned. How do I build on that? and be of more value and more service, you know, through the rest of my career, whatever length of time that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? If I was going to retire at 65 or 66 and I don't retire till I'm 70, so what? Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm of value, if I'm learning, if I feel like 
God has given me something that is important that I can share with other people, well then, great. What a great way to spend the rest of your life. That's mm -hmm. okay. So let's talk about this, right? Because you mentioned God a lot. You mentioned your faith a lot. What do you feel like is the biggest miracle that God has done in your life, David? Simply finding the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that was an absolute miracle. I think and to have, I mean, I had no sense of God. I didn't have faith. I didn't go to church. You know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't what I was thinking about. I was not mindful of it. Mm. Um, but that has changed the entire direction and focus of my life, mm. without a doubt. Mm. Was yours? Who mine? Yeah, I thought we were all Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I, I feel like there was a divine intervention in my life, and I would say that the biggest spark in my life would be my first sermon, the first time I ever preached, and my first sermon was called the Reincarnation of Ricard G. Noel, and that was back in 2014 or 2015, and looking looking back at it now, like the lessons that I was telling myself was way before my time. It was almost like I was speaking in the present, but I was speaking from the future. Because before I preach, I always pray for the Holy Spirit to come within me. And that's profound in itself, seven years ago, to say that you was reincarnated and to see how much life has changed within the last seven years. Like, you know, that, that would be the biggest testimony to the glory of God, because literally, I've reached millions of people. Like even you, you in Washington, people have never seen before. So we, we ain't going to you know, Washington. If I didn't build this platform, if we didn't build this platform, we would have never met today. You know, and yeah, and you blessed us with the ten principles that you did today, and even the knowledge that you shared with us, and thousands of people is gonna watch it. You know, so I would say like that was the greatest difference in my life. You know, um. Getting married, having a child, you know, seeing, watching my child be born, watching her grow, seeing the difference, like, wow, like, you know, mm. like, I remember that, that was one of my biggest fears. I remember being in the operating room because my daughter had to be born via C-section, emergency C-section, um, right. because she had a high-risk pregnancy, and even being in the room, like, I prayed from when she entered the room to when the baby came out and even when the baby came out i kept my eyes closed i didn't want to look and i and i peeked and i <laughs> count to look at you yeah. i didn't want to look because i wanted to make sure that she was good so you know i i peeked and i counted the fingers and the toes and i looked at the face and i was like okay we're good <laughs> i'm looking through the whole process you wanted to take it slow he's like mm. yeah, you know, I thank God for the blessing, you know, and she's truly been a blessing to me. And um, I call her a Millie, but she's worth so much more. Mm -hmm. And 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 priceless. Yeah, priceless. As a matter of fact, it's yeah, absolutely priceless. And that that was my motivation to hit a Millie, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that, like, God has done so much for me, and I've helped so much people in the process. We've all helped so much people in the process thousands of people by now you know and to say seven years ago i was i was going to be able to do all this or we were going to be able to do all this together i wouldn't ever believe it so i would say like that's been the biggest miracle that god has done and it's not a blessing until you able to bless other people else other people as well and the way you measure your successes is the amount of people that you're able to bless and we have been able to bless thousands and therefore we can say that we have had some level of success. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Come out. 
Mm. Well, the divine moment of divine intervention in your life. <laughs> when I had to grow up, I'll say. Um, strangely enough, it was last year. I would say. Um, I was kind of just cruising through life. I would say I, I, there's moments of consciousness, but you know, until you like really, you know, start planning out your life or even start reflecting on your life, taking it more serious. Kind of like I find it funny that his book is um new me who knew and you was talking about reincarnation and I'm thinking like I felt like I restarted when I got married like my father came and my sister was pregnant that was the first um grandchild for my father who has um, no no my that was the first yeah my brothers and sisters none of us had kids um she was the first one yeah but had kids around the same time that's the ironic part about yeah, that's it. Just, just what i was about and, to say yeah all having kids around the same time and both um me and my my wife's father's um has prostate for cancer um her father just recently passed away and it was the first he has he has a lot of children and it was the first time he's ever got to walk his child down the aisle you know so it was such as I was in a sense of I was mindless when I got there, but when I was reflecting and looking I'm like wow, like kinda like it's a new leadership role, like, oh snap, I gotta I gotta really be head of the family now, you know, I gotta I got a family to take care of. My sister's sleeping over with a baby, like I gotta go to the store and you know, make sure she's taking care of the my niece. So it was kinda like a awakening moment. It was, and I remember um the pastor was praying and I'm just thinking to myself like Thank you, God, you know. Thank you for guiding this mindless person to finally reflect on his life and appreciate what you've given him. And giving you purpose. Yes. And, you know, especially growing up without um a dad, you know, I kind of felt like I was just moving. And now I felt like I had a direction, you know. I felt like I got to keep the family together. I have to keep us all together, you know. Now you're the dad. Shoot, <laughs> three months. And <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you focus on it, and you know, I, I love this from a book I read once. So I don't think I say this in my book, but I think this is really pertinent, right? When you're working, talking, living real life with your wife, do you want to be right, <clears throat> or do you want to be loved? Mm. You want to be loved. Right? So, where, so where is your heart, right? Where is your heart? Mm -hmm. And if and this is what the, my entire book, and, and this is kind of the core of my message, is other than that, every life is important and worth, you know, being the captain of your own life, but is that so much of our lives, we are mindless. Like you said, you were just kind of drifting along. You were going through, and we all have our different story of this, right? Mm -hmm. Our own version of it. And none of them is better or worse than the other, or right or wrong or whatever. They're all just different. But you got to a point where you realize, I can no longer drift. Right? In the, in the book, I talk about languishing. This idea of you're just kind of going with the flow. Mm -hmm. It's just languishing. Well, that, one of the causes of languishing is a lack of an explicit sense of what your top core values are. Because, you know, without those values, like like you said, I think you said family, mm -hmm. right? One of you said family. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, um, it's difficult to prioritize it. So, so anyways, you go into this, you got to use your head mm -hmm. and not just let the first thing blurt out of your mouth. 
Mm. If the house isn't what you expected, or <laughs> I was reading about ancient Jewish society, so because I've been studying the Old Testament this year, mm. and in the time of Christ, if your wife burned your dinner, you could divorce her in Jewish, <laughs> oh, yeah. in Jewish society. <laughs> Right? If she didn't live nice, let's go back to that time. Uh, there will be a lot of divorced women today. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should apply some of those rules today because, uh, whoa, whoa. does rice count? Like, <laughs> burn in the microwave. Just, just remember in response, I didn't invent divorce, I invented marriage. Oh, wow. True. So, you know, so. Um, that, that was, you know, yeah, that was a misdirection for Jewish society. But anyway, the point is, you've got to go into this with heart and say, what do I want? Do I want to be right? Do I want to be in charge? Do I want to be the boss? Or do I want to have love in my home and peace and compassion and mutual respect? Mm. It, it all requires that you're working on how to hear, though, not out of, if you can see this, where <laughs> I have a tiny bit of hair left. This is the amygdala. You have more than me. You got a lot of hair in So no, you don't want to operate out of the amygdala. That's your fear, fight, flight, freeze, that, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, the so the as soon as you find yourself starting to say, ah, <laughs> you know, and be complaining, be griping, be critical, be unkind, mm. right? You stop back and you say, no, I'm a thinking man. I'm a man who understands his values. That's not that's not where my values are at, right? And that's what values help us do. They help us live our lives with greater integrity. And I guarantee you, if you will make a practice of doing it, and you'll screw up because you're a human being, <laughs> you're a man, you're a young man, mm -hmm. but then you know what you do is you take that humility pill and you say, oh man, that's not what I'm all about. That's not my values, mm -hmm. right? And you go to your wife, in humility and sincerity and love, and you say, I did this, I'm not proud of it, I wish I had done something different. Mm -hmm. And in my book, I talk about a process where you can actually rehearse a way that you learn from those kinds of mistakes and you get better. And you scrub, but you learn from it and you get better. Because again, the only difference between success and failure is did you learn from it? Mm -hmm. So tell us, um. Can we find the, is it a physical copy, ebook? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you got audio, what is it? Yeah, where can the people find so your book? I don't have audio yet, it's on my to-do list, but I have an ebook, okay. which is actually on sale <laughs> on Amazon? a day or two. It's on Amazon, okay. um, and um, you can get the ebook for five bucks right now. It'll be six ninety five on Friday, because that's what I said I would do. Mm. Um, that's the normal price, uh, and then there's the paperback. Mm. But it's only fifteen bucks. You know, I I've spent my career working with people for whom resources can be a real challenge, mm. and I didn't want to, you know, put out a first copy hardbound for twenty seven dollars or something, and have a whole lot of people not be able to buy it. Mm. So I figured if somebody can spend an hour's wage. If an average entry level employee is making about fifteen dollars an hour right now, mm -hmm. if I well, ask you to, if I ask you to invest, you know, fifteen dollars in a book, I promise you, you will get ten times the value in the first chapter. Mm. I absolutely promise you. I read your book. New me, say it, it's new me who knew. Oh, new you. Oh, new you. New you. Yeah. Who knew? 
By David Edwards. Mm. By David R. Edwards. Yes. David R. Edwards. You can go to my, my website is www.davidredwards.com. Yeah. Does that have a blue circle on the cover? Yes, sir. I got it right okay. here. Mm -hmm. Do I got a... I think I got a copy there. Do I have all this like this? Yeah, we got it. Knew you, who knew? All right. <laughs> okay, okay. So what closing thoughts would you like to leave the people with, David? I, 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 I think it's so important. You mentioned some famous people, people Ricard, that you've met right at the beginning of this. Yeah. And that's, it's great to be famous, right? Mm. <laughs> and I, was t I was talking to somebody earlier today, in fact, and I said, it'd be a fun exercise. You, just try, you don't have to do it now, but you just try this. If you're listeners, you know, try this. Think about and write down all the famous people that you can think of. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody, you know, you can come in with 10 or 15, maybe 20 famous people, right? Mm -hmm. If you're really into people, you know, and fame and like People Magazine or something, you know, maybe 30. Mm -hmm. But here's some perspective for you. I love perspective. There are 8 billion human beings, 8 billion souls on the planet today. Wow. Roughly, just under probably, but right around that. Mm. 8 billion. And we can't come up with more than 10 or 20 or 30 famous, rich and famous people that we can think of. That's still alive. And so, yeah, that is still alive. And so, if being rich and famous, if having, you know, the place in Tahiti or, you know, whatever else is what life is all about, then 7 billion, 999 million, 999,990 or 70 of us are doomed for failure and misery. Well, that's ridiculous. We just, you know, you, you just feel like, that's absurd. And so your life, no matter how common, normal, average, challenged, stressful, whatever it is, no matter how much it is average, you can have a happy, fulfilling, meaningful life by simply aligning your life with correct principles that have determine human happiness and success, not in necessarily a money sense, but in a meaningful contributing life sense, as, as meaningful and happy as anybody else alive. Oh, wow. And to me, that gives us hope. And we all have to have hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Appreciate that Something to look forward to. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I got hope. I got a lot of hope. Closing thoughts? I mean, my closing thought, my closing thought, I'm going to keep it short and simple, man. Everything in life comes with a price. So, you know, if you do one thing, don't complain when all the, you know, let's say you do one thing, don't complain when the consequences come. Not going to Yeah, that too, but, you know. And be focused, you know, like, be yourself. Because at the end of the day, like, a lot of people that, you know, try to put on a mask and try to be somebody else or somebody else, nah, that person might not even give a damn about you. So, like, you're trying to entertain. You basically stop trying to impress everybody else and impress yourself. Come out, closing thoughts? Um, stick Find out your, what you value, you know? Um, don't value what the celebrities value, because 
perspective is everything, especially nowadays because of social media. Everyone wants to perceive themselves to be, you know, roses. And you need to just focus on what you're trying to perceive and what you're trying to push out into the world, you know? And we're all God's children, you know? We all come under the... It's the world. It's the world.